Welcome to Hang Your Hat, ideas that are close to home. This is episode six. Sweet dreams are made of bees. And who am I to disagree? 30% of American adults do not get enough sleep, and the consequences of too little sleep include impaired brain activity, cognitive dysfunction, moodiness, depression, increased incidence of accidents, cold, and flu, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, weight gain, hallucinations, memory problems, and accidental death. So, today's show is dedicated to making our homes great places to get a good night's sleep. From the perfect lighting, to the most relaxing paint color and best scents to induce sleep. I will also talk about some of the best and worst sleep gadgets available today. Your bedroom is for sleep and romance. It's not the ideal place for watching TV, doing laundry, or answering email. Or in the words of Dr. Safwan Badar, president of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, I say the bed is for two things that begin with the letter S, and struggling and suffering are not among them. The reason that we should not be doing other things in our bedroom is that it teaches our minds to associate the bedroom with things other than sleep. When the mental association between the bedroom and sleep is strong, the bedroom itself can become a strong sleep trigger. The first step toward making your bedroom more conducive to sleep is clearing out all the clutter. And this is not just me and my aversion to clutter talking. According to the Alaska Sleep Clinic, all of the stuff we have in our rooms, whether we are using them or not, are potential distractions that weaken the bond between the bedroom and sleep. The treadmill in the corner will make you think about working out or how you're not working out. The computer may make you anxious about work and good TV programming can keep you engaged long after the TV has been turned off. The second step is ditching the electronics. The TV and other electronics like laptops, phones, and iPads are not just bad because they keep you engaged long after bedtime. They also emit a blue light that can interrupt normal sleep patterns. The part of the brain that controls the biological clock is the supraschismatic nucleus, which are a group of cells in the hypothalamus. These cells are sensitive to light and respond to light and dark signals. When the body is only exposed to natural light, sleep patterns are set by the daily cycle of light and dark. When it starts getting dark outside, the hypothalamus sends signals to the body to start producing sleep hormones like melatonin and to reduce the body's temperature in preparation for sleep. When it gets light outside in the morning, the body is triggered to warm up and produce waking hormones like cortisol. Artificial light disturbs this pattern. According to the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism, it can suppress melatonin production by around 85%. Nighttime light also unnaturally elevates cortisol levels at night, which disrupts sleep and creates problems with body fat levels, insulin resistance, inflammation, and disrupts the neuroregulation of appetite. The blue light produced by electronics and LEDs is even worse than the artificial light produced by incandescent bulbs. According to Harvard Medical School, 
Blue light boosts attention, reaction times, and mood, which are great during the day, but can be a problem at night. Blue light also suppresses melatonin production more than any other type of light, probably because humans are extremely sensitive to the very short wavelengths of blue light. Dr. Robert Oxman of the Sleep to Live Institute suggests that to get better sleep, exposure to blue light should be avoided 30 to 60 minutes prior to bedtime. If the idea of not using your phone for 30 minutes to an hour before bed doesn't appeal to you, check to see if it has a nighttime setting. The nighttime setting on phones reduces the amount of blue light the phone emits, making it slightly better for your sleep routine. You should also lower the light levels in your home and bedroom as much as possible prior to bed to help your body kickstart its melatonin production. While on Target the other day, I actually ran across some smart lights designed to automatically adjust the light throughout the day to the ideal conditions to promote sleep. They were called C by GE, and they were very expensive, almost $40 for only two bulbs. They're pretty cool, though. Uh, in the morning, they produce bright blue light, and in the evening, they switch to dimmer, more yellow light, and the rest of the day, they produce light that's somewhere in between. The blue morning light suppresses melatonin and increases cortisol production, which helps you wake up, and the yellow evening light should allow natural melatonin production to occur, which will help you sleep. I've since found these made by several other manufacturers, and I was pretty shocked to find out that the GE ones were actually pretty cheap in comparison to many of the others. As extravagant as these light bulbs seem, I'm still considering taking the plunge and getting a couple for my own bedroom because I do need some sleep. And if I do, I will give you a follow-up and let you know how they work. So now that we know that light exposure near bedtime is a bad thing, it should be no surprise to find that any light in your bedroom can negatively affect your sleep. Even when your eyes are closed, a light signal can reach the suprachiasmatic nucleus. One of the best things that you can do to improve your sleep is to eliminate all sources of light from the room. That includes lamps, nightlights, light-up cell phone notifications, alarm clocks, and even the red lights on TVs that stay on even when the TV is off. Even if you can't remove these things from the room, you can cover them up so that they don't affect your sleep. Light from the outside also counts. If you have a street light pouring into your bedroom at night, invest in some blackout curtains or blackout curtain liners. Good blackout curtains should be able to completely block the light coming in from the outside. Now that we've eliminated the light, it's time to eliminate the sound. Sounds that cause arousal during sleep affect your sleep cycle, even if they don't wake you up. Nighttime noise has also been correlated with cardiovascular disease, based on the research review, Effects of Environmental Noise on Sleep, published in the journal Noise and Health, although further research is needed to see if there's an actual causal relationship. The amount that sound affects sleep differs quite a bit from person to person. Some people are more sensitive to noise than others. Children and the elderly are affected more strongly than people of other ages, and people are more likely to have their sleep disturbed by sounds during stage 2, or non-REM sleep, than any other sleep stage. People can also get used to background noises like a busy road if they are exposed to it for long enough. And once people are habituated to noises, they don't affect sleep as badly. The sounds themselves can make a difference too. The study Auditory Processing Across the Sleep-Wake Cycle in the journal Neuron found that moms are super sensitive to baby noises and that people are more sensitive to their names than just random beeping noises when they're sleeping. The worst, however, is abrupt changes in noise, like a sudden loud bang or a honking car horn that rises above the level of general background noise. 
One way to drown out environmental noises is to use a sound machine that produces white noise. It creates a low-level background sound that makes abrupt environmental noises less noticeable. You can even use things like fans or air conditioners as white noise machines while they're running. You can also set up your room in ways that limit the impact of noise by doing things like keeping beds away from noisy walls whenever possible and decorating with soft surfaces like carpets and drapes, which deaden sounds better than hard surfaces like wood or metal. Trees and bushes planted outside the bedroom can also reduce exterior noises. If you're in the market for new windows, double-pane ones block sound better than single-pane windows, but even just making sure that your current windows are, are sealed properly can help. And if all else fails, use earplugs. My son and I both fall asleep best when listening to something that's a little boring or monotone or very familiar when going to bed. His favorite is the Gardener's Question Time podcast from the BBC, and I generally listen to audiobooks that I've already listened to a couple of times. For me, it keeps my mind occupied enough so that I don't think about things like work, but it's dull enough that it doesn't keep me awake. Now, temperature. I'm from Florida, where winter is about a week long, and fall and spring last an additional two weeks. The rest of the time is summer, when the temperatures are high, but the humidity is higher, where the air is so full of water that it feels like drowning when you breathe, and when you sweat, you can't be sure if the water came from inside of you, or it condensed when the air touched your skin. Either way, Sweating is completely useless because it doesn't evaporate during a Florida summer. Every summer, we worship at the altar of the air conditioning gods. We hide in our climate-controlled boxes, and only when absolutely necessary do we brave the outside long enough to scurry from one climate-controlled box to another, lest we be struck down by the horrible light of the day star. Worst, I have recently discovered that there is another reason to dislike the miserably hot summer in Florida. It messes with my sleep. When you go to sleep, the temperature that your body tries to maintain drops a bit. This drop in temperature induces sleep, but if the ambient temperature in the room is too hot or too cold, then the body struggles to achieve the new nighttime ideal temperature. If the temperature is uncomfortably hot or cold, it will be harder to go to sleep, and you'll be more likely to wake up. How comfortable the temperature of the room is especially affects the quality of REM or rapid eye movement sleep. It turns out that the ideal temperature range for sleeping is 65 to 72 degrees Fahrenheit or about 18 to 22 degrees Celsius for most people, although there are some differences in what is comfortable from one person to the next. The important thing is keeping the temperature of the room comfortable. Yet, even here in the affluent United States, there is no way that I would actually cool my house to 65 to 72 degrees Fahrenheit to sleep during the summer. For one, my utility bill would be astronomically high. For two, my air conditioner would turn into a giant block of ice in the attempt. And third, as an environmentalist, the idea of using enough energy to cool my house by as much as 30 degrees below the outside temperature leaves me a bit appalled. What is a frugal environmentalist or person without air conditioning to do? Fans. Ceiling fans, box fans, fans on a nightstand. All will help. All are inexpensive when compared with air conditioner. And they all use a fraction of the energy of a whole house air conditioner. Keep in mind that fans will not significantly change the temperature of the room, but the movement of the air will assist in the evaporation of sweat, which makes the body's natural cooling system actually work in a humid climate. 
You might also want to change out your pillow if you have a memory foam one. As nice as memory foam pillows are, the material they are made from traps heat, so they are not ideal if you are sleeping in a room that is a bit too warm. Now, if you're having trouble getting to sleep, smell might be the key to getting to sleep quickly. Lavender reduces anxiety and agitation, decreases heart rate, and and relaxes the body. It has even been used to treat insomnia. In stress tests, people who smelled vanilla had more stable heart rates and lower blood pressure than people that had not smelled anything. And people that had smelled jasmine had more restful sleep, moved less during sleep, and had better sleep quality than those that didn't smell jasmine during a sleep test. Smelling roses during deep sleep has been shown to improve memory, and chamomile, bergamot, and sandalwood are also generally thought to be good sleep aids. Oil diffusers or oil-diffusing humidifiers are good ways to spread scent around the room, and they're generally not too expensive. On a side note, all of the studies that I read on scent and sleep used essential oils in the study rather than lab-produced scents, so if you want to get the sleep benefits of smell, it's a good idea to try the essential oil version of the scent. If you wake up after a good night's sleep and feel like you were hit by a truck sometime during the night, it might be time for a new mattress. I'm not going to go into mattresses too much because I could literally do an entire podcast about mattresses, and I probably will at some point, but here are a few high-level tips. Most mattresses are designed to last only about 10 years. After that, they begin to wear and become less supportive. Buying a new mattress is not cheap, but considering the amount of time people spend in bed, it isn't worth it in the long run to cheap out on your mattress. You can expect to spend at least $1,000 for a decent queen-size mattress, and while you can occasionally find decent mattresses for less, chances are if you're paying less, you're getting a lower-quality mattress. There are actually quite a few mattress review websites online where owners of the mattresses review them for comfort and durability and that kind of stuff, so you can get a better idea of what you're buying before you shell out. The kind of mattress you should get is based on personal preference, If you go with a foam mattress, though, remember that memory foam retains heat. Latex foam is cooler, so it's probably a better choice for hot climates. Finally, the color of your bedroom can affect your sleep, too. The hotel booking website Travel Lodge studied 2,000 British families and found that people who slept in blue rooms got the most sleep. The blue room sleepers got an average of 7 hours and 52 minutes of sleep. Yellow was the second best at 7 hours 40 minutes, but green, silver, and orange followed closely behind. The absolute worst color bedroom for sleep was purple, with an average of only 5 hours 56 minutes. Brown and gray rooms were the second and third worst. The reasons the researchers thought that the blue room scored the highest was that blue is associated with calmness and helps reduce blood pressure and heart rate, while purple is associated with creativity, so it might keep your mind working even after lights out. But the researchers were not able to do more than speculate about why the color of the room affected sleep the way it did. While doing research for today's show, I ran across a lot of sleep gadgets, some of which were truly innovative and some of which were truly weird. I decided to share a few of the gadgets I found, and I'm going to let you decide which is which. First, Sheeks. That's S-H-E-E-X. 
Sheiks are sheets that are made from moisture-wicking fabric that is similar to athletic apparel. They help to keep you cool and dry when the temperature in your room is hotter than is ideal. They're currently $179 for a queen set, including pillowcases on Amazon. Number two, the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed. Sleep Number's latest bed seems like it does just about everything but make itself. It can automatically warm the foot of the bed at bedtime, automatically adjust to optimize comfort if you change position while sleeping, and will automatically raise your partner's head when they start snoring. It also has integrated sleep tracking technology and will communicate with other smart technology like Nest and Fitbit. It will also remind you to go to bed and turn on underbed lighting if you get up in the middle of the night. And there's an app for it. The Sleep Number 360 is not available yet, but the company says it will be similar in price to their existing beds. Number three, the Philips Wake Up Light with Colored Sunrise Simulation. The Wake Up Light is basically an alarm clock, but it doesn't just use sound to wake you up. It simulates the sunrise to wake you up gradually with natural light, as well as playing either soothing sounds or FM radio. It also does the reverse to put you to sleep by slowly dimming the light and turning down the sound. It is currently available on Amazon for $134. Number four is Under Armour TB12 Tom Brady Recovery Sleepwear. Quarterback Tom Brady worked with Under Armour to develop PJs that help your body recover from exercise or injury while you are sleeping. There is a soft, bioceramic print on the inside of the PJs that reflects the body's own heat, which, according to Under Armour, helps your body recover faster and promotes better sleep. They're currently for sale on the Under Armour website for $100 per piece. Number five, the Power Siesta. The Power Siesta is a piece of cardboard that folds out into a stable box-type shape that is designed to let you sleep on top of your tray table on a plane. You fold it out, place it on your tray table, lay on top of it, and then, if the Power Siesta's Kickstarter page is any indication, you immediately fall asleep. The Power Siesta has been funded on Kickstarter, and you can currently pre-order one for only $17. Number six, acoustic sheep sleep phones. This is a fuzzy headband with speakers built in that you can plug into your phone to play music while you sleep. They also have wireless versions. The idea is that the sound from your headphones will drown out other sounds that would otherwise wake you up, like noisy neighbors or crying babies. But your partner won't have to listen to your music while they sleep. It's currently selling for $38.95 on Amazon. And last, number seven, the ostrich pillow. The ostrich pillow is a travel pillow that looks like a squishy full-face helmet in the shape of a bulbous alien head. It is worn over the head and is almost completely enclosed except for a small hole for your mouth and nose so that you don't suffocate. It also has what looks like the ports on an incubator coming out of either side of it that you can put your hands in. If you like near-complete sensory deprivation while sleeping in public places, you can pick one up on Amazon for only $11.28. I'll have links to all of these that are currently on sale on the Hang Your Hat podcast website. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please rate the show or leave a review on iTunes. 
I'll be back again in two weeks with the next episode. If you would like to get in touch in the meantime, please send me an email at hangyourhatpodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit the Hang Your Hat website, hangyourhatpodcast.com. The Hang Your Hat Podcast is a production of jerwerkincrafts.com. That is G-E-R-W-E-R-K-E-N crafts, all one word, dot com. You can visit Jerwerkincrafts for DIY, home decor, crafts, tutorials, and more.